Before the boom in the room uh, is railings, labels, stickers and packaging. <laughs> Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryomalt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryomalt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud sponsors of this. And this is Brews News Week, our regular wrap-up of all that has made news in beer this week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me to take a good hard look at the news, the views and the issues are the founder and editor of Australian Brews News, the vaccinated Mac Kierkegaard and ace reporter and senior journalist, the contagious Claire Boom Boom. Burnett. G'day, guys. Good Thank morning, you. Pete. Now, I want to clarify, I have not been vaccinated. I've not say, jumped any cues. I've not put on my Australian mask and my uh, Matmo uh, Australian cricket shirt to, for the media <laughs> opportunity for Bruise News. Um, Cork's hanging off it? No, no. Definitely. So, Hollowed out watermelon? That's one of your favourites, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, no, but that's just what I'm sort of talking about—the you know, like the perception of beer drinkers as you know, just sort of sitting on the hill making the biggest plastic cup snake with a hollowed-out watermelons. You know, just that classic Australian buff cricket buff head. Sorry, apologies to all of our listeners that identify with. Completely lost me on this one. Is this to some you, sort of cricket cricket buff head? To others, that's that's just um, public art. Oh. Performance. Performance. <laughs> what, what is it, a flash mob? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Hey, uh, news this week, or that was last week, but um, apparently Facebook has, has caved and um, Facebook, wow. Neil. The government's caved, really. Us, us real news sites are still banned. But <laughs> I, can't, yeah, I, can't, I can't find it. I, I must admit, it, well, I know, I know we'll talk about a bit of a, a follow-up uh, to it in the in, in below the fold, but, um, yeah, the Bruce News website's still not the, the Radio Brews News, our listeners' podcast-related Facebook page is the group is still there, but not the Brews News. No, Facebook not page. the um, actual news page. You can't share any Brews News uh, content. And so. the world didn't okay. notice, and nor did our readers. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, we, which is great again, and we'll talk about that in the below the fold. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's it, it was a bit of a you know when you sort of suddenly see that you're no longer on Facebook and. Yeah, it's been very gratifying to see that, you know, anyone that did rely on Facebook has just gone elsewhere because, as I always say, Facebook's, just because you've got some followers on Facebook, it's Facebook's audience, not yours. You don't own them. They're not yours. If they're not going to follow you, they would never, you know, it, you have to let them free. And if they love you, <laughs> they will back. come back. This and many other inspirational quotes can be found on our new range of posters. Just pop over to the Bruise News merch site and perhaps well, you can pick up a bar blade while you're there or one of our T-shirts. Ooh, speaking, of, uh, yeah, speaking of merch, uh, I'm leaving go on, go the on. podcast to pick up the, the, the first run of shirts. Thank you to the many people uh, who, who, who bought them um, and, and have been very patient by not sort of saying, hey, where are my shirts, Matt? You know, thinking that I was going to be brew. Um, you I know. think they're used to our... Leisurely pace. Yeah, and so they will be. That'll be how I'll be spending my weekend: stuffing envelopes with your shirts and getting them out to you. And uh, yeah, the, the bar blades as well. So anyone who wrote to us uh, in the last couple of weeks, and we've been holding off sending pending these coming, uh, we'll be getting your uh, Bruce News bar blade. So new bar blades and the t-shirts are in. That's excellent. That's good. Very good. Um, we've got a fair bit of news to get through. So uh, we might now, if there's nothing else, the rest below the fold. Are you happy with that, guys? 
Yep. Absolutely. Excellent. Uh, then we now cross live to the Australian Brews News Media Centre for a wrap of the stories making news in beer this week. In case you missed it, and Claire, we begin with a story of topsy-turvy numbers where some are up and some are down. They are indeed. Uh, lots of half-year results this week from ASX-listed companies, so we're going to have a little rundown of them. First up is Mighty Craft, who obviously own several, I believe it's six now, breweries, um, as well as a number of spirits companies income was up 185 percent to nearly 13 million so obviously that's an amazing figure they did however make losses but I, as a as a business so are you saying growing, they're just like brew <laughs> i would never i would never say something like that let me put it this way <laughs> their revenue uh, <laughs> they actually have revenue they do so actually they're have nothing revenue. like brew and that consistently <laughs> grows yes um, but the biggest takeaway for me on that one was that they are looking to buy more brewery brands. So I don't know about you guys, but I kind of thought they were done. I th- that we hadn't had that much activity, obviously COVID in the way. Um, potentially they'd given up and were like, no, we're happy with what we've got. But actually the plan is that they want another two brewery brands by 2022. And by 2025, they want to be producing 12 million litres and have 12 beer brands. Mm. So breweries out there. So brewers, um, Mark Hazeman's email. <laughs> Poor Mark Hazeman. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's going to be, which was an interesting little, yeah, like they talked about their results, you know, publicly listed company published their results. Um, unlike a whole lot of equity crowdfunding um, people who should be public, but mm. we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so very, very interesting. And then just sort of buried away in one of the lines, you know, they're looking at increasing the number of breweries. And the other interesting thing is they also made their announcement. Um, that they've got some cold store logistics dealing with the inefficiencies in the craft beer logistics. Um, so they did a partnership with... Bevchain, which I think is part of Linfox, or it's I think Bevchain owns Linfox, and then what is Linfox? Oh. Well, I thought it was. I, I thought, thought it was that Bevchain way was a partnership between Lion and Linfox. Oh, I thought could be it, it. I, I could be wrong, um, or it was at some stage. I but anyway, re- anyway, yes, they're they're doing cold uh, chain logistics for Mighty Craft, and Mighty Craft are building a building out from that, um, dealing with the inefficiencies of the craft beer industry. So, yeah, watch this space. Um, there's some interesting, interesting stuff to say too. If you had to guess, would you uh, would you think that in the, the two that they wish to uh, acquire oh. by 2022, oh. would, would would one be a startup and the other an established or um, would they be entertaining suitors, do you think? Would, do you think they'd be having, you know, people send in their Tinder profile at the <laughs> brewery and sort of... I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to go left field here and say they're going to. I maybe they'll pick a WA because they haven't. I don't think they've got any. I, I, you could be like, yeah. You're I think it. I mean, it certainly makes sense because mm. when you look at their coverage, you know, they're building a broad, broad portfolio and nothing in WA. So mm-hmm. WA Brewers uh, maybe would certainly help yeah. to it uh, if the third party logistics, cool, cool logistics, because um, you'd almost want to link, link into that if you wanted to be part of WA because that literally the tyranny of distance um, for beer um, keeps a lot of really good WA brands out of the, uh, from us here in the East Coast and it also um, works the same the other way. Very so uh, anyway, so yeah, let's, let's write down some guesses and uh, pop them in an envelope and seal it up. And then uh, in 12 months, we'll see who was right. Um, now, Claire, speaking of sales growth, uh, it's growing, but it's slow over at Endeavour Drinks and Coles Liquor. Yeah, and I think this is a case of, comparatively speaking, it's tapered off, but it's still growing um, at Dan Murphy's and BW. 
BWS owner Endeavour Drinks and um, Coles Liquor, who obviously own First Choice and Liquorland. So they've had a really, really strong half year, um, which is like the six months to December. Um, but I thought it was interesting that it was in the context of the dispute early last week, I think, about drinking and in-home consumption levels. Uh, so... That was the, um, if you remember, Pete, the retail drinks and fair situation going on. And they were obviously insistent that, you know, people are drinking more. It's going to start really bad habits and online alcohol and um, deliveries and things like that are encouraging people to drink more. And that it kind of implied that that was going to be a, a trend going forward. But things like this where you say, right, well, we had that phase um, again, sales are off, off premise have not offset on-premise um, when everything was closed down. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they're going, they'll eventually go back to normal uh, as menus and everything starts to normalise, we assume. Um, but we'll keep an eye on it and, and see how it goes. I'd be interested to see too how many people who have discovered, I guess, um, online ordering of, of various things. Because as I say, certainly in, in Victoria, there's there's still only, I think, maybe 50% of public servant um, return to work. Mm-hmm. So, and for a lot of people, they've discovered actually we can do three days in at the office and two days at home, and that way we don't have to hot desk and we can clean and we can share, and, and everyone gets you know um, a bit more productivity and that sort of thing. Um, so certainly for the Pilsner household, we have we, we used uh, online uh, grocery delivery, and we've just kept up with that. Which is yeah, well, it's handy, isn't you? it? Don't have to waste yeah. two hours or whatever is shopping. Just yeah. do it online. Um, exactly, and I wonder if any of these things will become permanent fixtures or in two, five years we'll just eventually go back to the way we were. But I think you're right, it's opened the door for a lot of people and got that infrastructure in the breweries and bottle shops and things didn't have before of their online platforms, um, hyping up delivery and all that kind of stuff. So we'll have to see, we'll have to keep an eye on it, see how it goes and, and whether that um, kind of growth is maintained. So we'll see. And Claire, related to that, is it a perhaps a, a, a portent of things to come uh, that ALH, uh, which is part of Endeavour Group, is so is splitting off from like a, as a, is it just a like a separate accounting business now or is, um, or is it being so sold it's, off? Or? It's um, they announced in 2019 actually that Endeavour Drinks and ALH are going to be combined and split off from the company effectively, so not be part of Woolworths. The anymore. sin businesses. So Woolworths is a <laughs> yeah. fresh food people, and they don't yeah. have to, you know, so they can market. So like coal, like West Farmers did with Coles and Bunnings and. And, and sort of split them off into separate entities. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, okay, um, okay. And they were supposed to do it last year, but obviously COVID hit. So they're aiming for June now to split off Endeavour Drinks and ALH. So we'll have to see what that looks like going forward. Um, I'm not sure if they'll be listed on the stock exchange, but you'd have to relist. Uh, when the plans were initially announced in July 2019, the restructure and merger were due to be completed in February 2020 with the intention to then separate Endeavour Group and list on the ASX later ah, that year. there you go. Okay, cool. So do they put things on hold because of COVID, I'm guessing? Yes, yes, exactly. Um, so it. yeah, well, that'll be an interesting one. But it's I always like to, I know, I know it's kind of peripheral to what our main thing that we do, but obviously so many people are listed in bottle shops. I think it's really important that we have a little, keep an eye on what they're up to uh, and see how they're doing and how that potentially might affect brewers going forward obviously they brought both of them have brought on lines of uh, local breweries um, local spirits companies uh, and we'll just see how that whether that works out for them and whether they maintain that as well so uh, interesting stuff 
Yeah. Um, now, for those playing Bruce News buzzword bingo, I think we almost have to include Gage Roads now. I think Gage I think Roads might have almost... pops up quite a lot, actually. Yeah. Well, uh, record yeah, earnings. The ASX-listed breweries report quarterly. You know, they, they report their numbers mm-hmm. quarterly and they have to um, continuously disclose mm-hmm. anything that might affect their share price. And I like to think we're quite choosy about whether we do all quarterlies because sometimes they can be boring. But if there's something of interest in them, like... Especially this past year, obviously. And we're, we're not a stock site, but yeah, yeah, if there's something that's relevant to the industry in the, in, in the share price, and quite often they'll announce something. Um, and it, it, it's interesting that a lot of the announcements are designed to, you know, make them more attractive to shareholders. And uh, actually, as we speak, Brew is in a trading halt oh. pending. You know, any minute now, <laughs> we could excited. be. I, I suspect it'll be after the close of the markets today because they're announcing their results tomorrow. Um, did it go Do they have in? results to announce? Seriously, is it? <laughs> well, they'll well, have. Bad I don't results know they're going to be good. Yeah. Uh, but that's true. No, as, 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 has, <laughs> as has been an established pattern, last quarter they basically said they only had seventy-seven thousand dollars left in the bank, which and when they were spending four hundred thousand dollars a quarter to just run the business, <laughs> you know, you do the math. And just as a comparison, Mighty Craft have 16.2 million cash on hand. So that's the kind of money that you would expect. Oh, don't, don't to say have that out hand. loud now. Brew's going to be, hey, I heard you wanted to buy another brewery. <laughs> Imagine Paul Mark and be like, mm, uh, probably not. <laughs> well, actually, I did have, because, well, Kent's doing his, this went, suddenly went from good drinks to. Um, I, brew. Sorry, sorry. Good um, I, I had a, a regular correspondent uh, message me because. Kent is doing a road show down the east coast of Queensland to support their ALM deal at the moment. And uh, the description was, I've never seen a more relaxed man with a bigger smile like he's won Lotto. Takes a different sort of personality to glide through all those bumps with a smile. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's still flogging brew at $39 a case. Um, and anyway, so I'm wow. yeah, suspecting that brew is going to be announcing a capital raise or something like that. We'll see. Uh, yeah, so anyway, good drinks. Uh, they've, in the vein of talking yourselves up on the ASX, um, good drinks, owner of Gage Roads, uh, said it had fantastic momentum and record earnings in the first half of its financial year. So for, do you remember what EBITDA is, P? EBITDA? EBITDA. Yeah, stuff before the thing happens and tax <laughs> or something. I was gonna t- I'm going to test you next week. Earnings um, before income. Interest. Interest, sorry. Tax. Tax. Amortisation. Depreciation and amortisation. Depreciation. I mean, don't ask me to tell you the difference between the last two. I have to look it up every time. Um, but anyway, EBITDA for the six months to December rose to 7.1 million uh, from 300,000 in the same period the year before, which it said was a record earnings result and surpassed expectations for the full year. Um, so for the first half, volumes rose 46% to 6.1 million litres um, and total volume to 8.6. So obviously that's their own brand and contract stuff. All records they're breaking at the minute, so they sound like they're doing amazingly well. They've got their venue sorted out. Um, it's getting, it'll probably be open, I believe, by summer next year. Um, and that's the Perth venue at a shed in the Victoria Quay, I believe, in Perth. Um, so we'll see. Good good stuff for Gage Roads and, and their owner, Good Drinks. Don't tell me they announced they were opening a venue and it's actually going to open. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> that, doesn't shocker, sound, that, 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 that doesn't sound like how. Well, they, I think they have to. And in the place they said it was going to open. Well, no, again, I don't mean to sort of just tick my brew bingo card, but, Mm -hmm. you know, brew 
four years ago announced the world's greenest brewery. It was interesting. Gage, when you look at Gage Road's figures, so you know they're both publicly listed. I think their valuation is roughly the same on the ASX. Oh no, Brew is down significantly, but it's got so many shares you wouldn't know. Um, but again, Matt, it's it's coming down off a very low base. <laughs> yes. but same with same with Gage though. Or so, good drink, should I say? They're but they're selling more. Yeah, you know, their brand enhanced strategy where they sell in, um, you know, like stadiums, stadiums and stuff like that. <laughs> they're selling more beer through their promotional chain than Brew does in its entirety. <laughs> um, you know, even, even with this much vaunted. When, when, and when it really puts it into perspective, I think, when you look at somebody like Good Drinks and then you look at Brew. <laughs> because you could just wave it off if it was, if you didn't have anything to compare it to. I should, uh, yeah. We've got. Anyway. Shouldn't maybe. stick on Brew, but it, 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 that's the thing. It just. <laughs> Amazing, like it, had, it just shouldn't exist. It just oh, should. Yeah. There is something. It's flabbergasting, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. <laughs> um, and then just a, I'll just do a quick overview of Aurora because I think we're all getting bored of half years at the minute. Um, Aurora Cannon Bottle Supplier sales revenue declined one point two percent, but pre-tax profits rose to 125.6 million um now we've had run-ins with aurora before they're quite a tricky one to deal with I they don't like talking like. about can shortage no, it's a global phenomenon they hate it. and they don't when we reach out to them mm-hmm. they're really not happy um about talking and i went on the investor call because i was like i would actually like to ask this question about can shortages they didn't make any mention of it at all in their half years um We've I've spoken to a lot of brewers. Some say mm, not sure. You know, we just expect that with COVID to have long lead times on um, cans and things like that. But I asked uh, their CEO. I was like, "What is this an issue?" And he did admit um, on the call that they were under pressure. Uh, they were flat out. They're looking at expanding because of the demand for cans. That it's a capacity. Pres- yeah, yeah, it's a capacity thing. So at least they said that. But I mean, still were a little bit cagey when I said, "Is there a can shortage?" They didn't say yes or no. They just said we're flat out and we're looking to expand. So does that mean yes or does that mean no? Um, whatever. We'll we'll keep an eye on it, see how it goes. But if anyone knows anything or has heard anything or deals with the raw, if you're a brewer and you're, you're, yeah. you're struggling to uh, to find out, uh, shoot us an email because. Yeah, it, it, it's always an interesting industry story. Absolutely. And then next up is, sadly, um, especially given that we had a chat about exploding cans the week before last, um, a product recall for an apple cider from Prancing Pony. So um, last week, Dizzy Donkey Cloudy Apple Cider was recalled by Prancing Pony in South Australia. And actually, full credit goes to the team over there i well matt spotted it i believe the um product recall on the fsan site and i dropped him an email i said have you got any information and do you have any advice for other brewers like who are going through this uh who might have to deal with this but not have had the experience or whatever and they were amazing they gave they already had a media release sorted they'd already alerted everybody to it they'd gone through the procedure like to a t and they were really open with us as well and really happy to you know obviously it's not an ideal situation nobody wants to have to do a product recall but absolute kudos to them they did a great job fantastic they basically recommended having a food recall plan which we've discussed previously um and the rba has a um some guidelines for it 
on their site, I believe. So yeah, I was chatting, chatting to Corinna, and mm-hmm. she said the, the ironic thing is that they had actually they planned a mock recall for June. <laughs> so the company they were going to do, it and they said, "So we've we've, we've kind of done it now." <laughs> and can I just point out when when we say it, it, this is this is whatever's above gold standard is is what Prancing Pony did with this recall, mm-hmm. and it should be a case study at um and I've discussed this at we should at Brucon this should be a you know a step by step case study, yep. um in how good. to do it properly mm-hmm. within. Within 24 hours, they had accounted for all but seven individual units. Wow, that's amazing. Of, of the product. And it was something like two pallets or whatever that had uh, gone in track. But because, and those who know Frank and Corinna will know that their, their record keeping is meticulous. So first of all, they knew where everything was um, and were able to um, take a lot of stuff that was in distribution centres or, you know, in, in storage or whatever it might have been. Um, but so fitting... The Australian government needs to give Corinna a call because if you want somebody to do con- your contact tracing for COVID nineteen, <laughs> that's yeah. absolute. As I say, that's that's above gold standard. Oh yeah, no, they did a great job. Um, as we say, not an ideal situation. Nobody would want that, but they did it well. Yeah, and we might just bring up a bit more of that, uh, go into a bit more detail because there are mm. some interesting things that I think will be of interest, particularly, well, obviously, to the um, to our, our listeners, our consumer listeners, but specifically to our uh, industry listeners on a couple of the things, uh, how FSANS um, goes about it and how they, uh, Prancing Pony, went about it. So we'll um, we'll save that for below the fold. Beautiful. Next one, uh, Bucketees. So Bucketees Brewery um, has opened in Brookvale. They originally were in regional New South Wales and this one's a little bit close to my heart actually because it was one of the first articles I did when I started at Brews News in like 2019. Uh, They had an absolute palaver trying to get set up in regional New South Wales. Loads of crap to do with rural zoning and not being able to have industry in rural zoning and things like that. So they had to completely do a U-turn, sack all their plans for Booker T to have a brewery there and then shift it an hour towards the coast um, and move to Brookville. So we already saw the other week that, you know, Dollar Bill had a tough time getting sorted in Victoria, but that's for their own separate reasons. But it, I think everyone thinks that regional breweries might be an easier option and actually than an industrial one. Actually, they have their own set of issues. Um, and Bucketees, they're really good. Uh, they've always been really open with us, like the whole way through of the challenges that they faced. But congrats to them. If anyone deserves it, it's definitely them. They've they've been through the ringer effectively, and we've had really like loads of good reports. I think we posted it to Instagram, and people were commenting like, "Oh, this is an amazing venue." I just popped in up. I was like, "They've only been open like two weeks." Um, but yeah, ch- check it out. Let's know how it is, and uh, yeah, congrats, uh, Nick and Lexi McDonald at Bucketees. Yeah, and we wish them well. Mm. I'm just going to throw in two others from our New Zealand. Interesting news. Uh, 19th, yeah, yeah, end of last week. That Moa, um, you know, which is one of those breweries that is, you know, the, the New Zealand breweries. It was the money came from 42 below the sale. You know, one of the people who was in uh, the early investors had made a fortune selling vodka in the early days of the spirits craft spirits boom. Um, invested in it, and then the son of a winemaker. You know, ASX or New Zealand Exchange listed. Um, you know, they've always been there. They've always had a big presence, but never seemed to really get the growth in the craft beer industry that you'd imagine that the financial minds that could drive a vodka brand were able to achieve. But they announced the sale of the brewery. Um, so the brewery had gradually been acquiring hospitality businesses. They uh, they bought a business 
Weren't they also part of a part of a wine a winery? Well, I, I think Josh Scott was the son of a winemaker. Ah, uh, um, is that what it was? And because again, the, the, a lot of their early stuff was sort of method champenois um, beers, and um, their their breakfast beer I remember was absolutely magnificent. That was one of the things. Their beers were always, and even um, if you go back and read some of uh, Phil Cook, some of you because when I was writing this article, I had to go back to you know. Back when it was you, me, and about five other bloggers, Pete, um, and our twenty followers each. Yeah, um, and, and that when and, and Phil, um, who the, the beer diary um, was his blog, and yeah. you know he was very scathing, um, particularly when they launched their IPO with that incredibly badly done, you know, Mad Men esque um, IPO that had, you know it was bad then and hasn't aged well. Um, you know, including a lady holding an ashtray above her head while getting it ashed into, and like it was just terrible. Um, and so that they, they've had those sort of missteps. It was just a very, and you know, they, they've had a number of missteps like that. But all of that aside, it it, it just seems very interesting that in 2019 they invested in a business called Saver that was a hospitality group. Two of the founders of that joined the Moa board. They bought a pizza business, like a pizza shop. I'm not sure whether it's an, a, a line of shops or just a one shop um, <laughs> for for an ASX listed company, but they've ended up divesting the brewing business, selling it to one of the directors, and so Mower is now essentially a hospitality business, and they see their future in hospitality, um, which they described initially when they bought the hospitality businesses as virtual uh, um, a vertical integration, and now they're no longer vert- vertically integrated with brewery um so there, there was that which was an interesting business progression when we're seeing a lot of australian venues you know breweries getting venues um but the the, the most astounding thing was that the sale price was 1.8 million dollars um and when michael our new zealand correspondent calculated the excise they paid um he roughly equated you know at five percent their production volume of around about 2.8 million liters. So in Australian terms that would be a you know substantial um you know brewery bigger than I'd, I'd hazard a guess mm. you know, it's, it's bigger than the, the the bridge roads bigger than the um you know ballistics at this stage and you know some of those bigger mm. breweries. So it's a, it, in New Zealand terms you'd imagine there'd be a multiple effect given a much smaller market. Um but only the, the brewing business was only valued at um 1.8 million dollars um which i found very very interesting when you look at some of the crowd, like a bargain some some of the values yeah. um and you know mo's got a pretty it, it's a i don't think it's a um you know like it's a strong brand in the sense that it's well known i don't know if it's a trusted brand um because of all of the ups and downs but you know again when you look at some of the valuations at our crowdfunding um businesses i think you know from memory, Endeavour want, you know, valued their business at $14 million, um, when they've got one outlet um, and they're a contract brand that don't even own the brewery. That just sort of stuck out in news terms for me um, for that. And then the other one was, uh, which is also a New Zealand story, was um, Harrington's. Airliner closing the... Uh, just the brewery, so not the brand. Just the brewery. Yeah. yeah. Um, which again, Harrington's... Uh, founded Proud in 1991, family. very, very um, early one, um, yeah. but the brewery was very old. It was leased premises, yeah. um, 
you know, it was never going to be sustainable going forward without either a massive, you know, capital injection. Um, and why would you do that if you were able to produce the the beers elsewhere? And the truth is, all of the big breweries have so much excess capacity in their, you know, big houses in their own. Yeah, that um, it, it, yeah, it's just a capital investment, particularly in in the New Zealand con- uh, context. But it's you know, it's just, it's it's sad to see that brewery go but um yeah yeah there we go so there's now maybe i'm just thinking 1.1.8 million for moa i'm just thinking if all goes well and our brew shares come through (laughs) we'd at least have a deposit wouldn't we (laughs) well i I didn't want to bring in brew again but you (laughs) seeing you raised it so 3.4 million liter a, a brewery that actually owns the brewery um, and is listed on the stock exchange, but making 3.4 million litres <laughs> is worth $1.8 million. <laughs> so what, what, if you're selling it. So Brew bought land, you know, when it raised its $10 million capital for the ASX, it bought land that it's now mortgaged at 12%. Um, you know, in, I, I think my home loan mortgage is, you know, 2.6%. Um, yeah, interest, so they're paying something like twelve percent on on the mortgage for this commercial land. They bought the Mildura Brewery. That they then said, "Oh well, we don't want to actually own the freehold, so we'll sell that off to the <laughs> to to the founders um, and lease and, and and lease the site. So they don't own breweries are worth nothing. <laughs> the Mildura brand is producing next to nothing based on." Um, the, the volumes and the, the retail that they're doing, they're contract producing 48,000 cartons, and I did uh, the maths on it. Quarter. So 48,000 by nine mm-hmm. at 375. So, yeah, oh, don't ask me to do it's, you know, maybe a million litres a year based on the New Zealand experience of a bigger brand, $1.8 million. Crazy. There you go. <laughs> maybe if they did want to um, uh, increase capacity and they decided they did want to buy some, um, I'd be contacting SCAR Fabricating because SCAR Fabricating builds reliable automated packaging line equipment that's handcrafted to make life easier for brewers and their production teams. So if you're a brewer, um, Kent, uh, looking for uh, <laughs> the best way to get your product out of your tap room <laughs> and into the hands of your customers, Anyone, just anyone. Uh, Scarfab has you covered with a wide range of depalletizers, custom conveyance, date coating, rinsing, drying systems, the whole lot, the whole Megillah. Scarfab specialises in helping breweries of all sizes get their beer from keg into can. To find out more about how Scarfab can help you sell more beer, visit Scar Fabricating, to, Scar Fabricating today. That's skafabricating.com to get started today. That's pretty bloody good. Yeah. Last one then. Um, well, I was going to mention the AIBAs. They are now open, everyone. Open for entry until Friday the 26th of March. Head to resv.com.au forward slash beer. Yeah, um, and, you know, after last year not being able to, to go ahead and mm. uh, the Royal Melbourne show being cancelled along with every other regional and royal um show agricultural show um and obviously the other competitions were, were compromised and um so it'll, it'll be nice to be able to sort of get back into it and uh albeit i think probably under a, a, a an altered format a new normal mm, yep. format um just to um to play things safe but uh we'll see how we go but this will be the yeah the 28th aibas you guys wouldn't have been around at the first one 
No, I did. God, I think I went to my first AIBAs in around about 2005. Yeah, I was 2008, I think, or 2009. I can't remember now. Um, but yeah, it's been, yeah, going since, well, it, it started out as, um, as Peter Aldred and, um, uh, Eric Walters from, um, Grand Ridge will tell you, it was, it was basically the, the six people who were brewing at the time, um, <laughs> plus Peter Aldred at, um, what was then Ballarat Uni, now Federation <laughs> Uni, all sitting around at a table exchanging medals. Now, and, 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 and around. is Grand, Grand Ridge still the most awarded brewery? Because they, they certainly, uh, it says it on the label. <laughs> they, they obviously ordered a lot of labels. Now, mate, if they wanted to update their labels, Pete, if 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 they wanted to sort of you know acknowledge that maybe other another brewery um, has more is more awarded is more awarded these days, and they but they wanted to update their packaging, you know, if only there was a service that allowed them to do that. I tell you what, the guys at Rowling's Label Stickers and Packaging, if they'll probably know somebody. Um, so I give them a call on 1300 852 um, to ask for a, a reference. Or you could, of course, use them because they're not, uh, they don't just supply labels for your cans or bottles. They can also supply printed and blank cartons, um, can trays, tap decals, barcodes, shrink sleeves, the whole lot, whatever you, whatever you need. Um, and don't forget to, you don't even need, you know, you, you might have, decide, wow, do I get something from Scarfab, um, you know, for, uh, or do I get a, sh- a shrink-sleeving machine? Well, go to Scarfab and get their stuff because Rellings Label stickers and packaging don't need you to buy a shrink-sleeving machine. Um, the cans come uh, to your door, palletised, ready to fill, nothing more to do. That's one 852 235 to discuss further with our friends at Rellings Label stickers and packaging. Nice one, Matt. Now, I will actually say, and then just actually, this is a, an, an ad for us or a plug for us because uh, I was speaking to uh, Matty Wilson up at Moffat Beach during the week and, uh, you know, just having a bit of a chat. Um, and he says, Oh, yeah, like we, we use uh, Rallings uh, for, for our stuff. And I would never have heard of them if it hadn't been for you guys. So, you know. There you go. And we should point out too that uh, Matty and Chaz uh, go in this weekend uh, to defend their title of uh, Grand Champion. Uh, beer at the Royal Queensland Beer Awards, which will be judged next Monday and Tuesday. Oh, exciting. God, that came so up good, fast. Good luck to them and, all, and to all. Um, about 20% more entries this year, which is great. Oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's nice to see a very strong Queensland presence. And again, I'm really looking forward to seeing, um, it, it's not the young brewer, but it's the champion new brewer. Um, so a brewer who's been brewing for less than three years um, and uh, having read the nominations, there's an incredible, Incredible. Um, There's a fair bit of talent there. Incredibly passionate young. Uh, sorry, it's not young because there are some. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> n- not elderly uh, people. Mature brewers. No, um, Mature student brewers. Well, yeah, yeah. Brewers what haven't been brewing for very long. Uh, and yeah. So the opposite to the Richard Watkins, uh, Richard Watkins Award, we should call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, very excited about that. Yeah, and that'll be announced uh, on Wednesday. Are you hosting the um, the awards ceremony, Matt? <laughs> uh, apparently, yeah, because... Uh, <laughs> you sound shocked. That well, no, I, I was because they asked me some time ago, um, you know, like these very, you know, the, the, the teams are working part-time still, I think, because, you know, the ag show didn't run last year and they're all on part-time. But they'd asked me some time ago whether I'd do it for my usual fee um, of, of nothing. Um and I said, yeah, of course, love, 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 but never sent it. I never received a follow-up um, or anything, so it wasn't in my diary. And it, it, admittedly, the equal share of mine, because I didn't go um, lock all of these dates away. But I, I was sort of 
reaching out this week, uh, just going because I was looking at going to Perth to catch up with some of the um, brewers over there and do some podcasts. And I'm very, very nearly booked to go next week, having completely because it wasn't in my diary. Oh. Um, but yes, I will be hosting. That's a very long way of saying I will be hosting, <laughs> and uh, but very nearly wasn't, or I would have been nice hosting. Nice that you able to travel. Oh yeah, we're kind of rubbing it in. Well, I was going to yeah. ask whether you wanted to come over, and you know, we sort of get the band on the road. But then you're from Victoria, and they don't I'm gonna Australia have to let you in. Yeah, well. But I don't want to spend two weeks in a hotel to, room with you. That's right. Well, you don't have to. You just need to send me over two weeks in advance. Ah, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, true, true. But then I've got to ask about and get a permit to come back to enter my own home. Um, so, I've, oh, yeah, awesome. that won't be happening. So we'll wait. We'll wait. We'll see how we, Apparently there's some announcements today, so we'll, we'll oh, see. Oh, excellent. Okay. We'll see what happens. Um, all right. Well, that is it for the news. Thanks very much, Claire. And now it's time for Mailbag. Now, don't forget, you can review us on iTunes or you can send us in an email to be in the draw for the letter of the week. Um, and you can also join our Facebook group because it still exists. Just search Radio Brews News and uh, use the password suckerturd. Uh, no, um, soapbox, <laughs> soapbox. Subscribe, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your fav- favourite podcasting app because it, it costs nothing really and uh, helps other people to find the, um, the podcast. And you will also because they've just arrived and Matt's going to go and get them soon. Uh, the new bar blades uh, will be sent out and a Deb Lou Bakes cookie. We got any of them left? Yeah, we do. Because we, we haven't sent any out for a while, so the, the stock will be getting a little bit low. But, yeah, because we, we've held off until the new bar blades are in. So Okay. So they'll be, they'll be coming out soon. So don't forget, if you do hear us um, call you out, read your name, read your letter, your email, your review or whatever it might be, um, don't feel embarrassed to... Just pop us a, a line and, and send us your postal address so that we can send out some um, some gratification for As you. As our listeners have um, this week, thankfully. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Claire. Hi. Kick it in the guts, give it a handful. Let's start with Chris Wood. I'm going. Um, so Chris, I love Chris's Not one. just five stars, it's <laughs> 10, 10 out, out of 10. 10. 10 out of 10. Great hosts, exclamation point. <laughs> G'day, guys. <laughs> I've been meaning to get around to this for a while, Chris says. I'm going to start by saying a big thank you t- uh, to all of you for your amazing efforts. You guys provide me with fantastic entertainment every week. I am often bruise newsing away with my husky through my local streets um, of the Hawkesbury. I must admit, on several occasions, I've been walking past strangers when I burst into laughter from inappropriate comments said by one of you three. (gasps) I never. Claire. It'll be Claire. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for the content and all the weird looks you've got me over the years. He's done a little procrastination project. Shall I read that out? Sure. Um, Okay. I I thought you should sing it. There's (laughs) absolutely no way. Before the boom in the room. Ah, uh, is railings, labels, stickers, and packaging. <laughs> he but you don't have to. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. <laughs> is energised Matt wearing his heart on his sleeve. W is for witty Pete reigning in Matt Kirk in Mr. Kirkegaard every 4.37 minutes. <laughs> I wonder if he's actually timed that. Um, S, seamless, seamlessly, seamless. Simply seamless. <laughs> N stands for not another milkshake pastry. Hazy, pasteurised, unfiltered, open fermented, zero alcohol stout. Uh, e is for empathetic A-back, always providing constructive wisdom every now and then. Uh, w is for we believe you need to leave us a review. We do say that a lot. Uh, S is for shrink sleeve your beer cans, people. Yes, contact <laughs> Rowling's labels, stickers and packaging. <laughs> is Chris either a, for a job at Rowling's? <laughs> He's gone in for one, isn't he? 
because he's spelled out Brews News and he's and he's managed to get Rollins, Rollins in there four times. Uh, I, I think we need to put up our advertising yeah, rates the 10 because it, it's obviously working. So <laughs> Rollins, guys, uh, don't hint, open hint, your next your, your, hint, your hint. next in, invoice is going to come with a shock. <laughs> Um, and he says, I'm based in Sydney. It would be very yes. open to the idea of a live podcast session as long as we're able to have a beer or two with the celebs after the event. Um, celebs. Well, first of all, we need to be able to travel. And secondly, we need to find some celebs. Pete's celeb enough. Next one, Daniel Ridd. Love Daniel Ridd in the Facebook group um, regarding last week's podcast. Great discussion on today's show. Pete's comment about the expense of zero alcohol beer was interesting. Tonight I happened to buy two from a brewery I hadn't tried yet and had a similar thought. I was particularly interested to try a zero alcohol stout. It and the New World IPA I sampled were very enjoyable, but at $5 a can um, of 355 milliliters, if he recalls correctly, uh, I'd rarely choose one over alternatives like soft drink, fruit juice or even water. I think that's a fair point. I mean, people do tend to, especially nowadays with things like kombucha, like the idea of paying a higher price point for a soft drink or a non-alcoholic drink isn't completely off the table, but yeah, we're still there. I think actually, just and just on that, I was just sort of suddenly going, yeah, and and that might be because I'm looking at the hop water from the Hop Valley hop water, which funnily enough seems to be at Dan Murphy. So if you want to get your hands on some, um, not available in store. Forty-seven, actually forty-seven ninety-nine per case not of twenty-four isn't. Terrible. I mean, it's it's more expensive than brew. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> Honestly, though, I really love the guava doritos at GYG, and I was like, where do I get any of these? They sell them at Dan Murphy's for like seventy dollars. Guava doritos. Guava doritos. They're called. It's like a drink. It's like a. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get out more, Matt. Um, and they're like seventy dollars, and they're all non-alcoholic and stuff. And I was like, do I really want to spend that kind of money? I probably will. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as Ryan Lumby uh, alerted us to, you can spend a bit more on a case of 24 if you really want to. Yes, you can. He's posted a picture on, un- I think it's, it must be Untapped, um, an Omnipolo. It's from, it's from Untapped. Yeah, yeah. Omnipolo, Bianca, Blueberry, Maple, Chocolate, Peanut Butter, Pancake, Lassie Ghost. That's just trolling us. That's Who, whoever, Omnipolo has listened to the podcast <laughs> and now they're just trolling us. Omnipolo are too cooler, but they don't own anything and no technology. They'll just live at the brewery. And that is 687 dollars 87 Australian dollars. Oh, my God. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe that. No, that's insane. So it's a, five, it's a 500 mil can, to be fair. So, you know, you're not getting yeah, ripped off. A case um, of <laughs> 700 bucks. For a case of 24, and for a it'll seven, sell. A 7% sour ale. I thought that must have been a typo. And um, on, on that note, yeah. um, Daniel Ridd has actually posted a story that I've yet to read because he's only posted it since we've been recording. Um, but uh, it's a good beer hunting story because apparently good beer hunting, you, you can read it on Facebook. Um, Tyranny of the Tickers, how untapped ratings became craft beer's most fickle prize. And I reckon that beer fits right into oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's only got 4.258 stars. I, if I'm paying that, I want five. I want I, full I, I, five. I want six. <laughs> I want well, 10 out of 10. Does that indicate that somebody's bought one? Well, I'd hope not. Either way. Um, and Joe has actually put a little comment on the end of this. Um, Joe says, if your beer contains weird ingredients, please clearly label them as allergens. I've come across beers containing peanut butter and hazelnuts, which are not properly labelled or pointed out by staff. Dangerous territory. She has a fair point. 
Yeah, because I got to admit, I I fell asleep halfway through the description of the Omnipolo Bianco <laughs> blueberry maple chocolate. Peanut, I know, I need to uh, drink the water halfway. By the time I get to the end, I forgot what the first thing was. Oh, madness, madness. Uh, that's it for Mailbag, and that's it for Bruges News Week. So if you do need to get back to work now, or if you're you know, finishing your lap, um, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, thanks Claire. Claire. Cheers, Matt. And we're out, and we're back for Below the Fold. He's getting quicker at that every week, isn't he? Um, now, Below the Fold, bit we to talk about. It's a fair bit of news, wasn't there? There's lots going on, yeah. I've been busy. Um, and a bit of follow-up, uh, I guess, to kick it off. We, we were speaking last week about Sober's plan to, uh, S-O-B-A-H, uh, to, and I say that not to be confused with the um, um, New Society Zealand. Beer Advocates. Yeah. Um, a, a non-alcoholic bar, which we said, well, isn't that a milk bar? Well, funnily you know, enough, we got a media release a bar. today yeah, yeah. about, um, mind you, it, it, so people people listen to us, oh, or do we or do we create the news? We must create it. Well, no, this is a press release. This is look like a mass send press release. I don't think it was specifically to us. Yeah, and I'll just just so the listeners, um, and I've got to find because we weren't even going to cover it. Here we go. A new venue, Australia gets first non-alcoholic bar. <laughs> first non-alcoholic bar in Australia announced by Brunswick Aces. The bar in Brunswick, Melbourne, will be the first permanent established to cater specifically to non-drinkers. And I'm sort of thinking, Jesus, you know, who's going to go to a bar that just stocks non-alcoholic because that is a milk bar? Yeah, um, and that's exactly what we, me and Pete said last week. We were like, mmm. But then when you read about it, case. you know, like they've going, notes to entities. Brunswick Aces, which is the thing, they have a spades blend. They've got Sapir, which is a 0%, and then they've got their gin, which is 40%. You're going, well, hold on. So it's not exclusively... It has got alcohol in it. Yeah, so it's not exclusively... <laughs> alcohol-free. Mm. And then when you read, um, there will be a dedicated section for people... A dedicated who, space for non-drinkers to enjoy an extensive list of specially created drinks and cocktails. Isn't that like the kiddies' lounge? them as well. Like it, yeah, it's kind of, yeah. yeah. Who wants to, who wants to go off... table at Christmas. That's it. So it's You're not... In the back deck. And it's not Australia's first non-alcoholic bar. Just because FYI. it's not non-alcoholic. You're just having Sick like a, a, the, the children's table. Yeah. Um, oh. it's, it's desperately... But it, it, it'll get... Um, running, but if anyone, you know, if anyone's in Brunswick East, been really in. enjoying the discussion, you know, on, on the Facebook group about people and their experiences. We've had somebody um, share a wine that they tried, a oh, McWigan yeah. Zero, not a beer, but I thought I'd get a zero alcohol wine for the wife who is pregnant for our anniversary. You romantic fool! That's lovely. Um, <laughs> I figured it would girl. be a sweet wine, flavoured sparkling water. Judging by her action, boy, was I wrong. <laughs> Intended or not, this is a 750 mil pinkish zero percent kettle sour. <laughs> <laughs> now there's a tasting note, guys. You can you can keep oh. your gooseberry and wet granite. Granite. This is. <laughs> This is all lactobacillus. Oh my um, god! But yeah, no, really, joining because yeah, uh, you'd get you know the uh, what do they say? You know the, um, the representation of the fruit, expression of the fruit. But it's it's all going to be sort of fairly acid, isn't it? Because it's still going to be yeah. fermented. Well, th- that's the thing. Fermented yeah. grape juice. Mm. And, and look, I, I don't know. Maybe we should alcohol. get James Atkinson on, who covers the drink space more than we do, but. Get him to sort of come on and give us a primer about some of the zero alk yeah. spirits and wines because do they do the same thing where you can either make the wine and then put it through the reverse osmosis, you know, the the um, the, the heat, um, what is it, vacuum distill- distillation? Yeah, vacuum, yeah, suck um, it out. And then add the flavour back in or do they also have wines where you were, you know, it's arrested fermentation, except I, it's different because it's 
the, the fructose is a simple sugar and I don't think the yeast would, I'm, I'm guessing, because mm. I, I haven't even looked into it, really interested to find out how they, they're doing it. But again, you're talking about a product that is so manipulated that, um, and then you would have to add the, you know, all, all of the acids and balances and things like that to, to get something approximating flavour. I just don't know. And I, anyone that's just interested in the cultural significance and the philosophy of drinks, um, which is one of the things that really interests me because at the moment we're going through a trend um, that, the, that the alcohol industry is trying to respond to. Um, but there's a book I think it's a guy called Tom Standish from memory, but it's the history of the world in six drinks. And it looks at beer, wine, tea, coffee, uh, spirits and soft drink and looks at the rise of these and references its relevance. You know, so, you know, beer was a way of purifying water and, you know, hops were added to, you know, as a preservative. Um, But then you also had wine and, you know, the, the culture that it, grew up in and it was very geographically based and then you had distillation which was a you know places that couldn't make you know wine because of the the the, the climate so it was the you know the the, i think that it came out of um the the the, the middle east um which is where our cool comes from but then it also talks about tea and coffee and you know coffee went hand in hand it was a vague stimulant you know whereas even with beer it had that soporific, uh, you know, effect, and so coffee shops sprung up, and that was the birth of, you know, the 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 great thinkers of the seventeenth century. Um, and I, I just don't know where zero alcohol fits into that, um, you know, e- evolution and cultural thing in a longer term, other than just being fashion. You know, it's just mm. cuffs cuffs on your pants. Um, It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you're right. We should uh, we should reach out and get uh, James on. I wonder if he's gonna yeah, like if he does a sub a sub podcast. You know, called non-alcoholic drinks adventures. You couldn't really call it adventures, could you? No. It's like the old, you know, no no great story started with so I was eating a salad. <laughs> now, anyone missing the Facebook feed? The news the news feed. I must admit, I look when when I went. Pop back and I thought, oh, I'll, I'll just have, have a look and see, you know, does my feed sort of look any different? And the one thing I did notice was the people were saying, oh, you know, it's, it's looking at the others that have been caught up and not the, you know, Queensland Health and Bureau of Meteorology and all those other things, but it was the, I miss the comedy. I miss all the, the satire and the, the, satire the ridiculousness, stuff, yeah. the, the, the Tudor Advocate gone, you know, Babylon B, Crikey, Guardian Australia, all those ones. So <laughs> I, had to go, I had to go elsewhere to find my, my, um, my funny stuff. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I, I felt the exact the same way about Sky News, Pete. Yeah. yeah. And we had a few people comment on that post. Well, I, I was interested because, yeah. again, when I looked at the, you know, like I woke, as I said last week, woke up and sort of thought, well, look, it's just, we've never relied on it. It's never, it's just been something that we've posted to because it's there. Same with Twitter, same with, um, but then when you saw the angst that it was in the mainstream media um, talking about it, um, and, you know, as we said last week, you know, sort of Crafty announced that they were bringing forward or that they were pre-announcing their subscription, you know, their daily subscription service. Um, they were obviously taking it very seriously. And, you know, I just sort of thought, um, and we'll wait and see. And, you know, as I, I think it was after the podcast said, you know, we'd noticed um, over the last eight weeks before this happened that our organic, because we don't sponsor posts for a range of reasons, but um, 
we'd noticed that our organic reach had dropped um, suddenly without reason and we're trying to work out whether Facebook had changed its algorithm, whether it was trying to make a sponsor post and obviously as a, as a news site, um, Facebook was doing A-B testing and you know, they, they've spent a couple of months experimenting to see if we take news out of people's you – know, so, so they've manipulated people's feeds to take us out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to see how badly this would to, affect them. To see whether that changed mm. – and you know, they're a data company and you know, they would have been testing to find out whether or not people's behaviour on Facebook, you know, they spent less time on Facebook compared to what they did before if they took news out. So to all of the people who said, oh, yeah, Facebook shot themselves in the foot – Facebook knew exactly what they was doing. Yeah. They weren't going. They've got invaluable user data from doing this. Yeah. Like, mm. Incidentally, yeah. as have we, because we we noticed that our organic reach on Facebook had gone down. We still didn't sponsor posts because whenever I don't know, like when if 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 something that I follow posts something, you know, it just sort of comes in your feed. You know, it's a little bit hit and miss as to whether you see everything, um, but it keeps you engaged with that business. But as soon as you as soon as somebody sponsors something, I'll see the same thing five times. Oh, same, um, I get it. Yeah. And like in the same scroll, I'm going, hey, didn't I just see this? Didn't I just see this? And I'll just I didn't engage with it the first crap time as well. And I just I'll start just, switching I'll just off, it. <laughs> even if it's good content. Yeah. yeah it, well, even if it's um, content as yeah. opposed to advertising, mm-hmm. because it's sponsored and because you've seen it five times and not yeah. engaged with it, and it becomes an annoyance. It actually devalues that content. Um, and, you know, if, if people – I've always taken the view with Bruce News that we write for a very limited audience. We don't want 30,000 people on our mailing list, and we've actually changed our subscription. Um, you know, an hour after you subscribe, you get an email that um, sort of says, welcome, you're here. this is what we're about. We've actually changed that <laughs> I love it, to yeah. say, look, are you really sure you want to subscribe? Um, because we don't want to waste your time. This is – our newsletter is for people that want to know industry news. Um, we give not, you a chance to back out before you've even locked in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how, like, that's that's how protective we are. We want a small, we want a small engaged feed, and we want people to go looking for it. So, with with the Facebook feed, it was interesting to get the feedback in the um, news group. Lots so of feedback, just, and I was particularly impressed with the, or, or I guess enlightened, um, or whatever, by the the num gladdened by the the number of people who said. Um, actually, you know, uh, listen to the podcast now. Now, whether or not it's you know to do with a new format with with hitting all the news uh, that you might have missed, um, but the number of people, yeah, who who engage with us find find the news through the podcast rather than through the website or the or the Facebook, mm-hmm. which was good. Mm, yeah, yeah, and, and and people who get it from the newsletter, um, you know, particularly particularly industry professionals. <laughs> and I think we should point out it's it's worth pointing out, Matt, that that we do I guess have two very different, you know, a yin and a yang. Um, the our industry professionals, you know, the the brewers and the suppliers and all that sort of thing, um, who make a living out of this and, and rely on us to I guess keep up to date with with trends and what's happening and different news items and uh, media releases, probably engage in the content very differently to the you know engaged drinkers and that's you know because of the way that the site's always been you know and it was one of the discussions I used to have with um, James when he was editing the site because as I said we used to do the full news feed because the news feed is basically pulling our RSS feed through and I don't 
11 years on, I'd actually forgotten all of this um, because it was speaking to somebody who said, oh, you know, I get yours through an RSS feed. And a few people mentioned it on Some that post as well. Yeah. And, and I, I was knew like, that, what? I knew that we still had an RSS feed. Mm. But Pete, this week I actually went to Feedly. Do you remember the old Google, like Google News or Google used to have an RSS feed? Mm. And that was where I used to read your stuff. I used to, And so I opened up my old Feedly oh thing. Oh, my God. And some of the sites don't even exist and that, that were still like I, was, I thought I'd have to create a Feedly feed, but it actually reactivated. And there, you know, Martin Cornell's um, feed was there. Um, you know, th- there were all of these old and I and I deleted them unfortunately without even asking because I can't even remember who some of the people were. I think All Ale the Big V was still there. You know, oh, it God. doesn't exist That's anymore. Chris McNamara. Chris McNamara. First, first blog. Yeah. It was, it, that was what, what he was. And, you know, back, yeah. going back to that yeah. time. But our feed was still there. And I'd completely forgotten. And that was what, when Bruce News was still, you know, was a blog, um, was more bloggy than site, it was actually the RSS feed. And then, uh, you know, when I realised you could sort of, people could subscribe to it, because my philosophy was always give people who want to read this content access to it in whatever feed they wanted and so that was without shoving it in their face without shoving it in their face if they've discovered it and they value it they will sign up to it um and that was where i had the discussions with james it was a really big thing for me to when out when we had the newsletter it used to be the headlines like the 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 headlines were at the top of the the newsletter but then you had the full text was this ridiculously long um email um, that couldn't fit in, that was a truncated and you had to click through. And it was only when I realised that because I didn't want to force people to get the teaser paragraph yeah. mm. and then click through the website, which a lot of sites do so they're directing the traffic to their website. So they can say we uh, talk we've about their numbers. So, so we've got these numbers. Yeah. And it was only when I realised that, well, just because of the limitations of, a, of an email anyway, they've got to click through to read it in their browser which is that added layer anyway, that we might as well give it through to the site. Um, that I'd and it also to makes James. it easier as well, doesn't it? When you're scrolling through, you can see the headlines and then, oh, that headline, and, and the, the, Do I, the am para. I interested in this? Yes. They're not you, clickbait yeah. headlines. You, know, you can read, you can open our newsletter and you can get the headline and the first paragraph. And if you just want to know what's going on and if you want the deeper thing, um, you can click through and get the story. (laughs) Yes, on Twitter. Did you see it on Twitter? We did the story on Endeavour Drinks um, and Coles. And they said, is there any reason why you didn't? The headline doesn't say Woolworth's own Endeavour Drinks. And and that was the thing I'm sort of going, What is there some conspiracy theory that we, we're shilling for Endeavour Drinks? And so I replied, and I, yeah, no, that's right, it was curious as to why the headline doesn't say Woolworth's own Endeavour Drinks. <laughs> and you know, again, those sorts of comments, they just grind my gears oh. and I can't. Well, thank Not you respond. for yeah. So for I that. just have said, curious as to why you think it's relevant to the story. Yeah. It's in the first paragraph. Everyone knows it's in uh, Deva Drinks. Link to the Woolworths ASX. There was a page. subheading that sort of said, yeah, <laughs> Woolworths, Woolworths <laughs> Endeavour Drinks was one of the subheadings. We're not hiding it. I <laughs> and, and and so it came back to, and they go, and I sort of said, like, and it's common knowledge. Mm. And he goes, well, I work in the drinks industry. It's not common knowledge to me. Well, that's because you're and an I'm idiot. Go, Hold on. <laughs> How could it not be common knowledge to you? Should be because you've you've gone. What is there any reason why it's not in the headline? Clearly, do. Oh, wow. Anyway, so so and there's all all of that sort of stuff. So we just uh, so you can get a meaningful summary of the story in the headline in the first paragraph without clicking through, which is the way that we like it. So we have 
um, what I regard, you know, when you look at what MailChimp tells us is industry standard and then what our um, open rate, our engagement rate are, are all so far above industry average because that's the way that we do it and it's also a trust that we've built with our readers that we're not going to waste your time by subscribing and opening the email by having content that you don't value, that you don't find valuable. Um, so, yeah, so and, that, that's yeah. a very long way of and Speaking saying, of not wasting your time, thank you to, so to uh, Damien Flux, uh, Matt Breen, James McCarthy, Rusty Carr, Adam Galley. There's a heap of other yeah. who, who gave lots of comments. Uh, Carrie Ann Purchase and Dave Croft, I think also, mm-hmm. who I must point out, and, and Daniel Ridd, who, the three of whom I caught up with um, at the Ballarat Beer Festival on Saturday. Ooh, oh, how nice. was it? Time, How did it go? How was it seeing it was, people on? IRL. It was it was incredible. Look, it was a re- obviously there was you know uh, COVID safe uh, things in pl- in in place. Uh, the look twenty thousand square meters, and they were allowed two thousand people. So do the maths on on how much space you had. So, so look, if you if you wish to, uh, you know, you had to carry a mask, but you didn't have to wear it unless you were unable to socially distance, um, and you also didn't have to wear it if. But look, security were great. Security were just sort of you know were, were present and what, but nobody was you know getting smacked or anything like that over the wrist. Um, but the the one thing I will point out, and um, spoke to Muzzin Hudger from uh, from Hawkers afterwards uh, to ring and congratulate us on. Um, because uh, we, we Kirillie and I hosted a, a dinner the night before, which was great. Again, everyone was you know sort of spread out, but it was just it was almost almost back to normal. Um, and it was just as nice. as you say, for the first time in twelve months, it was just nice in Victoria to be able to go to a beer festival, which was great. But the thing that uh, Maz and I both commented on was just looking around, and this is the difference. And we've spoken about this a lot, Matt. When you have a family friendly, dog friendly, kid friendly. It's not just that that provides a bit of a, a handbrake or a speed bump for for people who might you know like it, it just controls the casual cursing um, it, it controls you know the, the the rough housing and that sort of thing if you look around and there's there's people pushing prams around and there's kids playing and throwing frisbee and the um, it changes your behaviour yeah I, I I call it the inanimate carbon rod you know that stops things going into meltdown you know like the the Carbon rods yeah, in a new inanimate carbon power. rod. Yeah, that that soaks up all of the excess energy to stop you know nuclear power station from going into meltdown, um, and that's what I sort of see. You know, children, dogs. Um, you know, and and I really noticed it in the early two thousands doing beer events. If it was only blokes around the table, they behaved differently from when there were a couple of um, you know female attendees, and so I hated doing male-only events because there is that element of boys in the bush around the campfire um, that's just unappealing and unattractive. You can get rowdy. Mm. But the other thing that the other thing that was was that really struck me was watching particularly sort of and it was two sessions so it was a there was a an afternoon session evening session um, and you could buy all day tickets as well and they were able to offer some reduced price tickets to the afternoon guys as they were leaving saying uh, as it's turned out we've um, we've got some capacity left for the evening session so a few people just paid ten bucks grabbed a, a ticket and turned around and, and headed straight back in which was great. Um, um, but there was there was plenty of entertainment. There was plenty of stuff going on, and, and very much in the Gabs principle that if you've got something else to do, you'll distract people so they're not just drinking the whole time. But the thing that really stuck, uh, that I really noticed, was those kids playing. You know, and there's ten year olds, twelve year olds, thirteen year olds, or whatever. They are growing up with 
beer is part of a healthy lifestyle with the family. It's not something dad just goes out to the pub and then, you know, he either gets left home with Mr. Plod or we've got to tip him into a taxi or, you know, uh, whatever it might be. It's like we, we all went there, we all had fun. And then when they get their drinking license, then, you know, maybe they'll go out with their friends and say, oh, you know, so it, that for me was, I think, the the real uh, joy of the of the beer festival Definitely. was was very that. Mediterranean um, way to look at it as well because I found whenever we visited there that they might have a really long meal but they'll drink and they'll just have wine but the kids will be there and and then they'll do that and the kids might drink probably a little bit earlier than they should but they'll just get a taste and then it just becomes normal to be a bit more moderate about it than the Brits abroad that raided the mm. Costa del Sol or whatever, and they were so poorly behaved, drinking at 6am at the airport, all the way through, barely remember the holiday, and like the contrast between that normalising yeah, of alcohol. Don't drink, don't yeah, drink, yeah. Don't, drink don't drink, don't drink. Okay, go. Yeah, And, exactly. and you've just got, and then <laughs> all of a sudden you're off the leash. It's, it's a culture yeah. of drinking rather than a drinking culture is the way I like to say. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and, that's, and, and that is my biggest criticism of FAIR, is that they want to... Um, prohibit, ban, demonise, all of you know, make it a negative, sinister thing, which you know prohibition showed us. I, you know, I, there was a documentary about prohibition. You know, I think one of the stats that they said was that you know alcohol-related harm and illness increased during prohibition because um, the quality of of alcohol and also the approach to alcohol. Um, the, the six o'clock swill when they used to try and force people to go home to their families. Um, you know, meant that people would, you know... Fine, I'll just load up, yeah. Just, the, the, yeah. the culture was six, worse. Yeah. I'm going going to events, and, and we've talked about it with the Sunshine Coast, you know, liquor licensing laws where we wanted to have a bar so mum and dad could watch, have a glass of wine and a beer while they watch the fireworks. Liquor licensing's approach was to create the compound that, you know, like the dog, you know, um, the, the, the dog pound or you know, the other pig pen where they put six-foot-high meshed fence to protect all of the non-drinkers from the drinkers. Oh, my God, um, are you serious? Yeah, so, so we're, we're going to cordon it <laughs> off. Um, That's insane. Which, it, it just creates this mindset, well, this is where we go to misbehave because they're protecting the rest of the world from us, as opposed to going, well, people are adults. Perhaps treat them, by, yeah, yeah, give them the opportunity to be grown-ups and adults and, and, then, and then react if they don't, rather than assume that they're not going to and... Yeah, they automatically go for worst case scenario, don't they? They do it with liquor licensing when you're uh, a brewery mm. and planning and things like that. They just assume you're going to be a nightclub effectively. Incidentally, and that's also where I always come back to, this is why I always argue that breweries need to, you know, or anyone that sells alcohol needs to not push the, the, the boundaries. They need to stop well short of the boundaries, even if they can go further, because it's much harder to identify the people who are going too far when everyone's just doing that yeah. little incremental creep. Um, well, we had those interesting ABAC ones this week, haven't we? Sorry, I haven't, I haven't put, caught up with them I yet. I haven't yeah. put them on the list yet because I've been a bit slow. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, loads of half years yesterday. Um, but yeah, basically one of the ABAC, I think it was for Daily Lager, um, and it showed a guy like sculling a beer, like fully just downing it. And that, that, that binge drink, you're asking for a bollocking. Like yep. you're basically saying... This is okay, and we here's my wrist. Condone. Slap it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the, the, and, and in New Zealand, they don't have an ABAC, but they've got an advertising standards, and we 
working on a story at that at the moment because there's been some criticism of their approach because one multiple offender keeps getting off, according to... Yeah, who very well knows the rules. Who knows the rules, yeah. But their stand, their um, guidelines are very different to ABAC. Um, but we are the, this article is showing that there are increasing calls for the government to impose guidelines. And you know as soon as the government imposes guidelines, they're going to go well beyond what is reasonable um, because the government's going to always going to cater to the worst offender, whereas the industry will always call out the worst offender um, and pull them into line. Um, and, and ABAC is, has been very good at that. Um, and ABAC, you know, for all of the criticism of it, they have done a really, really good job, um, and to to the point that even the you know there there was a Western Australian equivalent that one of the fair subgroups tried to send set up, but nobody complained to it except for themselves that they've now <laughs> bought into the ABAC process, and so they've legitimised the ABAC process by using it as their quasi um, you know scheme. Just really quickly, I just wanted to um, again give a bit of a shout out to Corinna uh, Steve and um, and the, the crew out at Prancing Pony for the uh, the apple cider recall. And and just one thing, just really quickly, F Sands um, basically have have complimented them on. Um, so this is the case study. This is everyone should look at the way you've done it. Um, we can't believe how um, how little we had to do. But the one thing that Corinna pointed out that is perhaps a, a fault in the, in the F Sands, so the food and food standards, New Zealand, Australia, Australia, New Zealand, um, they had to, in order to activate the recall, the product, the food product recall protocols, they had to list what they believed was the cause. Now, Corinna said, well, look, you know, we've sent, um, product off to the Australian wine research Institute. We, we don't think it, it the, the product is pasteurised. The product was inert. It had finished um, fermenting when we, you know, when we canned it. Um, well, you've got to pick something. Is it secondary fermentation? And Corinna said, well, technically, you know, it, it's probably not. It's it's an overcarbonisation. Well, you can't say that. So they were basically, they felt they kind of had to put secondary carbon, secondary fermentation right. as the as the cause, the probable cause, whereas in fact they, uh, it, it's probably uh, lacto... Melolactic fermentation? Yeah, yeah. So what, what Corinna thinks is perhaps the cause, um, and this was chatting to her on the phone. Um, so Matt, you and I, both um, correspondents for ABC Adelaide, for uh, ex- expert comments on, on this, because right. Corinna said that she'd heard you on ABC and then... Talking um, about beer generally, yep. Yeah, and then um, I, I got a call and then didn't realise that Corinna was going to be speaking before me and she didn't realise that I was going to be speaking after she had, <laughs> I was so glad when they said, and now we cross to, you know, be a judge and part of the Brew News team. Um, oh, that's so, nice, isn't it? Oh, they didn't so realise how small a world it is. She said when, when she'd heard that, um, she said I'd, I'd heard that they were speaking to, I heard uh, Matt introduced earlier on, I thought, well, this is good, at least I, I know that we're going to get a fair, you know, it'll be... You know, so that was. I thought that was a nice. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's lovely for us. But um, but yeah. So, long story short, with the uh, um, fruit not being picked and all that sort of thing, there's uh, a shortage of of good fruit. She thinks that maybe it's you know the apples from the bottom of the barrel kind of thing, and the a malolactic um, reaction. So you know, sort of a bacterial thing mm. where the there's something in the fruit that was dormant. Um, after fermentation, so rather than a re-fermentation, it's actually a, a um, you know a, 
a bacterial reaction mm-hmm. that has then created uh, a little bit of extra overcarbonisation. Mm-hmm. And, and look, if it was in a bottle, it probably would have just been absorbed. Mm. Um, but because it was a can, it, it created the bulge maybe. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. But, uh, but I, I think um, I'd want to reach out to the IBA and I've said to Corinna, look, this, this would be a great lesson. Like it would be a great session oh, for, yeah. uh, for, for BrewCon to have a, a case study. In, you know, so look at the timelines. Look at how quickly they reacted. What, why it made it so easy was things like their meticulous bookkeeping, mm-hmm. um, record keeping. Um, so they knew the batch number. They knew the, the best before dates. They knew, and they knew where every uh, unit had gone. So as I say, to within 24 hours to, to, to be only have seven units, so cans, seven individual cans unaccounted for, mm. uh, I thought that was amazing. Mm. And well done. Uh, and well worth, uh, yeah, uh, giving them a, a bit of a shout-out. Uh, speaking of shout-outs, shout-out to Cryomalt. Uh, thank you very much for supporting this. As to Scar Fabricating and Relling's labels, stickers and packaging, and our friends at Thirsty Merchants, and to all of you, uh, hang tight. You will be getting your uh, T-shirts Shortly, oh, and you've got the envelopes this weekend. Uh, Draw a mask in a very COVID <laughs> safe yes, way, in a, in a very socially distant <laughs> way. That's it. Uh, thanks very much, Matt. Thank you, Pete, and thank you very much, Claire. Cheers, Pete. I hope it stops raining up there long enough for it you stopped. to have a good time oh, yeah, this stopped, weekend. Yeah. It's stopped now. It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's over I'll now. I'll tell you what, yeah, I, I, I don't rain often, but when I do, I piss down. <laughs> uh, yeah, Queensland, beautiful Persist one day. Down, Saturated take. the next. Persisting, mm-hmm. persistently raining. Um, and thank you very much to all the listeners. So uh, until next week, this has been Bruce Newsweek. I've been your host, Pete Mitchum. Drink fresh, drink local, look after yourselves and each other, and wash your damn hands. And we're out. Boom. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. <laughs>